All right, man. For you. You ready? Oh, damn it. See, you should have done it and like said, uh, I hold on. Let me get my medicine. And then I would have <sighs> made that the intro. Wow. All right. Quick, go get another beer. Quick. Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your host, as always, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Maybe I should apologize for being your host, Mr. Matt Hinshaw. And joining me from the other side of the planet, well, maybe not the planet, the other side of the United States of America, my good buddy, who is now tied the knot and has started drinking more, and it's only been a couple weeks, Mysterious Mike. Uh, I deny that drinking thing, uh, but uh, thank you for the intro. You just like to keep it consistent, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Mike, you ready for my quote? Yes, I'm ready. Let's go. Dear Dolores, sometimes you remind me of a house. All right. For those of you who do not know... That is a pretty dang funny line from the movie that we are going to be talking about today, which is Green Book. Mike, give us a rundown, buddy. All right. So uh, Green Book was uh, directed by uh, Peter Farley. Uh, Writers are Nick Valonga, Brian Hayes Curry, and Peter Farley. Uh, It's starring Viggo Mortensen. Uh, Mahershalala Ali and Linda Cardellini. Uh, it's about a working class Italian American bouncer becomes the driver of an African American classical pianist on a tour of venues throughout the 60s, 1960s American South. Nice, nice. All right, Mike. So since I usually kick it off to you and say you need to start it, I'm going to start it. Because just changing things up. I freaking love this movie. I thought this movie was fantastic. It is a blending of two genres that aren't blended together very often whatsoever. And Peter Farley killed it. This is clearly a comedic drama. How many times in your life can you say you saw a comedy drama? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't think I can. Uh, I mean, this, this was, I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that it was Peter Farley. I didn't realize that going into the movie and I loved it as well. It's really well done. The, the chemistry between, uh, Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali are amazing. Um, it 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 was it was a lot of fun to watch this movie but it was really serious often but there was a lot of comedic elements and i liked that it. it wasn't i don't know it 
I, I, I think this is going to be nominated for some awards. I hope so. Because um, I, I really felt the, the two stars in this movie were amazing in their characters. I felt like they did such good jobs. What I think might be real interesting is them trying to decide which one to nominate for best male lead actor because they both occupy the screen just as much as the other and they both killed it. Viggo Mortensen has always been an amazing actor and he's always been a very dramatic actor. That's why seeing him not as this hardcore action dramatic kind of actor in things like, um, oh gosh, I, I had the name of the movie on the top of my tongue and now it's gone. But whatever. Um, it was, you know, that one where he's a uh, Lord gangster. of the Rings. Uh, no, no, not Lord of the Rings. Eastern the one Promises. Where, uh, yes, sir. Eastern Promises. Okay. And the other one that's kind of like that, the companion piece where he's the, uh, the gangster that started a family and denies it and all that stuff throughout the entire movie. Uh, the Road? I don't think it was The Road. Okay. I don't remember. Uh, Anyways. All right. Very serious. Those are all, including Lord of the Rings, are very all very serious, action-oriented roles, not a whole lot of comedy. And to have Viggo Mortensen here laying down some of the best lines in the film was astonishing. I think he just killed it. But Maher Shalala is one of my favorite, I I don't want to say up-and-coming actors because he's been acting for a while, but I guess he's now getting more leading roles. Like, I don't know if you've watched this, the uh, season one of Luke Cage on Netflix yet, Mike, but... Oh, of course. Oh, man, dude. He was my favorite villain ever, ever on the Netflix Marvel shows. I He just did such a good job. I was so sad, you know, with what happened in that. I'll leave it at that. But I loved him in that. And, you know, granted, he did well in Moonlight, and I... Just I'm not a huge fan of Moonlight to begin with. It was a very well done film, but a picture of the year, I don't think so. But he did a phenomenal job in that as well. And those are three, including this movie, three very different roles. And he killed it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are nominated against each other. Yeah. I think, honestly, they should just be awarded best male actors and just give them duel. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, it, it'll be interesting because this movie is kind of like Oscar bait, but I loved it. So, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Like, it should be nominated for something because it was really neat explaining how the different uh i guess uh jim crow laws in the south and and having a person who was a little bit more street smarts with you was uh a, a good a good thing and i i loved i loved the the dichotomy of these guys they they both uh you know they both didn't really like each other but we're willing to work with each other for the right amount of money. But then it became more than that. And, you know, I guess classic movie stuff. But it- Well, I, w- I wouldn't say so much that they didn't like each other. It's that they were two 
people from two completely different worlds, not just in race, but also in class, which is one of my favorite parts of this movie is that everyone thinks, oh, it's political. It's about black versus white. And no, that's not really what it's about. It's more about, um, well, I mean, yes, there's a big part of that. Sorry, the freaking dog. I forgot to take his collar off. Oh, well. Oh, Anyways. Dude, you, you blew it by talking about it. We wouldn't have noticed. Eh, you would have. <laughs> Our listeners probably would have. But anyways, no, it's about uh, black versus white, obviously, and the South and things like that. And that's the political whatever. But it's also about class. It's really extremely about class. More, almost more than it is about uh, the racism. I mean, maybe it's equal because the classism is prevalent throughout the entire movie from start to finish. Whereas the racism really only kind of comes into play the uh, when they're actually on the road going through the South. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's definitely true. Uh, it it was it was it was kind of a fun take. Well, fun. Um, no, it's fun. This movie is very comedic. Don't don't get it wrong, people. This the topic is very serious about this. But it is also a very funny movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's kind of fun um, seeing a white Italian man driving around a uh, African American man in the South. So uh, that's a big theme in the movie. But man, it it was it was impactful, and it was it was interesting to find out about this this green book. What the movie is about is essentially. Um, places where African Americans could go in the South that were safe to stay. And that's what the Green Book was. It was the AAA guide, I guess, to where you could stay as an African American in the South and, and not have any problems. And it was just, wow, it was just crazy. Um... It was it was neat to see this guy who's such a genius on the piano just want to do this tour, even knowing all the hardships he was going to have to endure. And I mean, and it's it's based on this real life relationship between these guys, and that was awesome. And they became lifelong friends, which is really cool. Um, I don't know. It was, it, it was just, it, it was, uh, you know, this movie's kind of a feel good movie vibe or whatever, but it's also educational and, uh, I, I liked it a lot and was quite surprised it was directed by one of the, the, the Farley brothers because a lot of the stuff they've done has been very, very comedy or or slapsticky kind of and uh this was there was comedy elements but it was serious often so it was cool i'm trying to figure out um who actually wrote the green book it wasn't triple a it was done by um yes uh the Negro Motorist Green Book is the official title of it. Um, it was an annual guidebook uh, for African-American road trippers. It was 
um, published by New York City mailman Victor Hugo Green. Oh, okay. Which, uh, for those of you who did not study history a whole lot, I actually knew about the Green Book before I went and saw the movie because I'm a little bit of a history buff, for those of you who know I've talked about it before. But um, I didn't put two and two together when I went and saw this movie until he pulls it out, and I'm like, oh, now it makes sense why they called it the Green Book. But uh, Victor Hugo Green, granted he was just a mailman, but if he did not come up with this book and publish this book, uh, there probably would have been a lot more African-American people that would have died between 36 and 66. Because basically the Green Book, if you didn't, if, if you were black and you were traveling, like say you had a cousin die in, I don't know, Alabama or something, and you lived in California... And you got to get over there and you're driving and stuff. If you went to and stayed at the wrong hotels, it literally could have meant your life. It could have been life and death, you know, and that's, that's frightening to think about. Yeah. But he literally, he is a, you know, he was a civil rights, I I don't want to say activist, but he was a civil rights kind of uh, uh, grandfather for being able to do this book and help all these people because it could have been a hell of a lot worse without it. And it's, it's very telling on that whole, you know, time period in America's history on why the hell they would even need something like this. That's, that's just depressing in its own right. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, there's been a lot of really dark histories in America. So. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, um, anything else you want to add before we get into the uh, spoiler world of the Green Book? Because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's a ton we can spoil, but, you know, there is some. Um, no, no. Uh, you know, uh, I really like this movie. So, uh, no, I don't think I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I, I you know. I echo it. You know, if uh, if you don't listen to the rest of this podcast because you don't want it spoiled, that's fine. But uh, I highly recommend anyone and everyone to go see it. Don't pay attention to the box office numbers and whatever. It's not doing great, but it's not doing bad. It did just open this past weekend uh, over Thanksgiving. But if you have it in your town, which you probably should, I highly recommend going and seeing it. It's It is well worth the cost of admission. Well worth it. Oh yeah, I agree. This this movie is this movie should be seen by a lot of people, and I don't I don't think it'll be quite seen as much in the theaters, but I do think that it'll gain a lot of traction once it gets out in you know videos and DVDs or whatever people watch movies on anymore, like streaming everything. All right, Mike. So um, I got a little surprise for you. Oh. You'll hear it in a minute. But how does Green Book relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All right. Thanks for asking, Matt. Uh, The Green Book... uh, Relates with uh, Linda uh, Cardellini is uh, Laura Barton on uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. And uh, 
I really like the new intro, man. This is this is awesome. I th- yeah, I th- it's pretty cool. I, th- I think we should stay with this. I think I think this is this is more our speed. I like it. It's a hell of a lot more metal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a little little bit more metal. Yeah. But yeah, I I didn't want to ruin it, but I knew that one. Uh, Linda Cardellini is um um Laura Barton. Yeah, she's uh, Cliff Burton's Burton Barton Cliff Barton's wife in um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm interesting interested if she will make a reappearance in any future Marvel Cinematic Universe films or not. Yeah, no, I'm so yeah. She's a fantastic actress in her own right as well, and that's one of my I don't want to say one of my gripes because I did really 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 enjoy the Green Book. But that is one of my things that I would have liked to see more. I would have liked to see her used a little bit more because she's done a lot of different roles, including comedic roles. Um, and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the supporting cast come out. Yes, the majority of the movie is about the two, you know, Viggo Mortensen and um, see, now I'm going to mess up his name. Uh, Maher Shalala Ali. It's mostly about them. But I I would have liked to have seen a little bit more supporting cast brought to the surface in this film. But it it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, it, man. Yeah. This was a good movie, man. I really liked it. Yeah. It was, it was really good. The story's fantastic. The cinematography was very well done. Um, the writing was just spectacular. I mean, dude, that is pretty cool that the writer, one of the writers is the son of the main character. Well, one of the main characters in the movie, uh, uh, Tony Lip, a.k.a. Tony Valalonga. His son is actually one of the writers on this movie, which is just so cool. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That really lends to the real story. You know, like this is the story, right? Like, I mean... I'm sure there's some Hollywoodisms, but, you know, he grew up hearing this story. All right. So, Mike, I don't know how much we can really spoil about it. You know, I think we've got our our words out about Green Book and how much we each love it. Um, you know, there there wasn't any real uh, big, shocking, spoilery kind of stuff throughout. Uh, there were a few things that caught me off guard. Um, one that I really liked and it brought more into the uh, classism was uh, the very first stop on the tour. Um, the uh, uh, I'm not going to butcher his freaking name again, but um, uh, Dr. Don Shirley is inside performing, doing his thing. And Tony Lip is standing outside with all the other drivers watching from the outside looking in and they're playing a game of uh, uh, probably craps. And Dr. Don Shirley just tears him a new one. Why are you down there? Why are you getting your knees dirty? Why are you standing outside with... And, you know, everyone else that's a driver is a black dude. He's the only white guy that's out there. And he is out there hanging out with them, playing this game of dice, trying to win some money. He's like, well, if you need money that bad, I'll just give you you know, some more money is basically what Dr. Don Shirley said. He's like, no, I'm just having fun. Uh, you know, I thought that was real interesting. And then how he pointed out that he was invited 
Tony Lip was invited to go inside, but he'd rather spend it outside with the people in his same class doing what they considered fun. Yeah, yeah. He he's like, hey, all these people didn't get a chance to come inside, but you did, and you're the one who chose to be out here. It was it was definitely interesting because he was putting all these things on him. He's like, hey, this is your choice. You did this. Right. Right. And uh, there's a lot of that. There's lots of examples of that throughout this film that are just sometimes they're comedic. Sometimes they're very serious. Like this one was uh, very serious. But the whole part where they're going through Kentucky and he's like, oh, you know what I've never gotten is Kentucky fried chicken in Kentucky. I'm going to stop and get a bucket of chicken. And so Tony Lip stops and gets a bucket of chicken. And you find out that Dr. Don Shirley, because he's basically been, been highfalutin, high society from, I would guess, probably at definitely at least college age, maybe a little younger, has never experienced what we consider fast food today, never had fried chicken. He's always eaten, you know, it was some of the richest people, some of the wealthiest tables, stuff like that. And he never experienced it. And there's that whole dialogue of him actually forcing the fried chicken on him and stuff was just great. You know, that was one of the more fun ones. Yeah. And that was such a weird kind of, I mean, I guess stereotype buster, right? Like, you know, oh, you should like fried chicken and you should like this and whatever. He's like, I, what is, what is this? I, I don't, I don't eat fried yeah. chicken. Like what, what are you talking about? And yeah, like, the biggest like, thing. And like, like that was also right before that they were talking about music and he's like, doc, I don't understand you. You don't know all these, these you know, pop contemporary artists. And yeah, and he's like, he even drops the line. These are your people. He does, he does, and it was, it was really neat to see how that scene came about, and and ah, uh, yeah, th- this this movie was, it's a good movie. It's very layered. the The movie is very layered, very well written, very layered. I mean. Because, you know, when he says these are your people, he's referring to people like Aretha Franklin and Little Richard and, you know, the the black pop artists of the 60s. And he had never cared. You know, Don Shirley, that was not the world that he was around in. He was in the high society. You know, he was a pianist. You know, I I, I loved it. There was so much, no, so much no, going I mean, on I mean, in this. he lived above Carnegie Hall. I mean, when when... Uh, you know, uh, Tony the Lip went went to the interview. He's like, "Where where am I going? Like, I'm at Carnegie Hall. What what am I here for?" Yeah, and he thinks it's a literal literal like doctor, like a doctor of medicine. And he's walking through Carnegie Hall, asking her, "Where's the doctor's office?" That was so good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a really well done movie, and and the fact that blows me away is all that's true. Like, oh yeah, yeah, a, a large majority of this film was true. You know, like I don't know if all the stuff about how the the touring of the South was true, but I get the gist, and we all get the gist. It wasn't a pleasant experience, but 
it's just crazy that Tony the Lip and Don Shirley, Dr. Don Shirley, ended up becoming friends because of this particular, like, tour or whatever. Yeah. In the two South. months, and they would have never m- met each other. And I feel like they actually impacted each other's lives more than each other would have ever imagined. Yeah, and they were well, and you know, uh, uh, shit. I don't want to get too mopey about my own life, but that was one thing that I found very interesting. Is that one line I was pointing out to you earlier? about how um, Dr. Don Shirley was pointing out how he doesn't fit in with the white people, he doesn't fit in with the black people, and he's just absolutely and totally and utterly alone, and that's one of the reasons why he drinks a bottle of scotch every night. But you see that kind of come into fruition a little bit more at the end of the film when uh, Tony, Tony Lip... Um, asked him to join his family with him at Christmas and he's no 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 I'll just go home and he's sitting there at home and he's literally just sitting there in this practically a palace of an apartment completely alone and miserable and so he decides to go over and hang out with Tony Lip and clearly that's where it went from being a boss employee relationship to a full on friendship yeah and it was neat to see that because Tony, uh, in the very beginning of the movie, kind of showed some tendencies where he wasn't real accepting of uh, black people and all that. And and it was neat to see kind of the turnaround and his growing as like a person, even though... But the... Like the good thing is that they didn't make the whole movie about him and about that though. No, like they didn't. Other political movies that talk about race do. No, no, they didn't. They didn't. But you did see that he did change in that. Right. In that, it, it's a, a eight week period that they're out on the road, and uh, I mean that's a long time to be spending with somebody like day in day out and. Uh, it had an effect on him, but it I feel like it was a good effect. I feel like both of the people affected each other in really cool ways that wouldn't have ever happened. I don't Yeah, if they if they wouldn't have worked together. Because they were on two complete opposite spectrums in the world. Complete opposites. And th- their personalities are opposites, their jobs are opposites, their uh, class is opposites. Yeah, it was it's it's really a phenomenal story. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I knew I was going to watch a feel good movie. Like I knew it was kind of a feel good movie just from the trailer. But I wanted to watch it. And then Yeah, uh, I really uh, Well, I love Viggo Mer- Mortensen and I love uh Marshala Ali. They're both incredible actors. Yeah, so then when I watched it, I was like All right. That was really good. I'm glad I watched this. Like, so. Um, All right. So, Mike, let's stop dancing around. How many reels do you give Green Book? Uh, I think I'm going to give this four and a half reels. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. Damn it, Mike. 
No way. You're not going to do the same. No, you can't do the same of, thing. No way. No, of course. Of course I'm going to give it four and a half reels. I, I was teetering on giving it five, but as, as I pointed out, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the supporting cast in this film and a little bit more with them in there. Not a lot, but just a little bit more to help flesh out this universe. That's my only gripe about this entire movie. Oh, man, I, I loved I loved all the street smart stuff like uh, Tony the Lip like he was I mean as a bouncer for the the Coca Cabana or whatever in New York I mean he would be the guy like I mean honestly that was the best guy he could have chose for what he needed to to go down to the south and there there was a part in the movie that I just I I love so much when he just he shoots his gun, and, and uh, it was to scare away people who are going to ro- rob him. And he's like, "You can't show money at the bar." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't pull out a wad of cash when you're in a lower income, you know, bar. Be it, it was a black bar, but still, it didn't matter. He was going to get rolled because he had a wad of cash." Yeah, but it was it was so funny. He was like, "That was just like his he, that he knew that was just his normal demeanor." Oh yeah, he knew that that something was going to happen. Yeah, uh, I loved it because in the mo- movie, like you kind of see something. They give you a little like taste, but Tony doesn't react, and you're like, eh, "Did they notice that?" And then then you see that anyway. I, I I really liked this movie. It was it was well done, and uh, it is a feel good movie. But there's a lot of poignant points in it, and and I thought that it was well done. I thought it was really well done. So, well, all right, Mike, we are hitting our time slot. And I am I am going to work hard to try and keep us at thirty minutes from here on out. Okay, all I've right. said that in the all I've right. said that in the past though, but we you know we're unsuccessful at it, especially when we're talking about a really good freaking movie like Green Book. Moral of the story: Go see this movie. It was fantastic. Yes, go see this movie. Uh, you know, if you don't see it in the theaters, which it won't be in the theaters very long, I don't think, but. Uh, if it gets nominated for an award, it will come back. But uh, other than that, uh, you should see this movie. It was really awesome. And uh, thanks for listening. Oh, dude, you gotta you gotta end it better than that. All right, what, what, so, what, so what do no, we no, want? no, 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 no. We gotta tease what we're talking about on Thursday. On Thursday, what are we talking about? We're talking about another new movie. That I know that you were excited about seeing. What movie is that, Mike? Um, we were talking about Widows. I really wanted to see this movie, Widows, and it's got uh, quite a few uh, stars in it. Um, and it's kind of a bank robber story movie. And it w- yeah, it's a heist movie. Yeah, yeah, it's a heist movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it's a heist movie. And I, and it's written and directed by the guy that wrote and directed 12 Years a Slave. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, well, yes, Matt, it is. And uh, 
which is really kind of the exact opposite of kind of movie. <laughs> but it it was really good, and I really, really liked it. Um, it's a little bit slow, and I could I could see how people might not like it because it's a little slower movie. But I kind of like some of these thinking kind of movies, and, and it's kind of a thinking kind of movie. So... Well, I will leave it at that because I'm going to argue with you on that point All right. for sure. All right. But so look for it Thursday, folks. Mike, go for it. Take us out of here. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you uh, in a couple days. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.